And Happy New Year, everybody. We have reached the end of 2019, and it has been a big year in marketing, especially in the inbound world. So we're going to take a journey through time. We're going to go through the past 12 months. We're going to take a look at the top stories that shaped our profession and things that are going to influence you in 2020. Welcome to Inbound Academy, brought to you by Risen. I'm your host, Jeff Lambert. So, you know, the podcast universe is just chock full of these year-end reviews. I'm sure your feed's already best movies of 2019, best foods of 2019, best politicians of 2019. Whatever you follow, there's going to be a best list that exists. But we're going to make a recap just for marketers, because we deserve one too, right, Ron? Yes, we do. Absolutely. So to help me scroll through those biggest stories that we can recap and talk about how they changed our industry, I have invited Rogelio back into the studio. He is the CEO of Risen. And Rod, thanks for coming by to take a walk through time with me. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So let's get to it. I picked out five stories that had a large impact on either how businesses fared in terms of their marketing campaigns in 2019 or marketing campaigns that really changed things up and are going to influence how marketing is done in 2020. So we're going two ways at this. So I'm going to jump right into it. This story everybody knows about because it's still in the news right now. Sure. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the impact it had on the marketing world. And just take a minute to laugh a little bit at some of these stories. (laughs) So the first one we're going to start off with, everybody knows, is yours and my favorite low-key domestic abuse story of the year. (laughs) The Peloton commercial where the wife gets a different Christmas gift? Yes. So can you break this down for people that are unfamiliar with the commercial that Peloton just recently came out with? Sure, sure. Uh, it's a commercial that shows the wife getting an exercise bike for, for Christmas mm-hmm. from her from her partner or, or her... We think it's her husband. Because it could be here. Could be a living situation. Could be her husband, whichever it was. We don't judge. Okay. She chronicles her year of using the the bike uh, in little video tidbits, mm-hmm. and at the end, she takes one last thank you, probably to her partner, and saying, "I didn't realize how much this would change me." And and the ironic thing with this video, Rod, was this individual out of shape when she received the bike? No, she was not. She was in, in, in good shape she, when she received the bike. She yes. was gorgeous, actually. Yes. I had yes. a little uh, uh, commercial crush on her. <laughs> not going to lie. So she her, her, her male partner gets her this gift. She works out every day uh, valiantly, takes videos of it, and then at the end she thanks him for getting her this machine that has transformed her life. So we talked about a little bit already, but like, what was the backlash about? Well, it's a firestorm for the sexism that it it displays. Uh, You know, it's showing a woman already in shape, getting an exercise bike for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, The result ended up being Peloton stock dropped more than 10%. Ouch. We're talking about less than 30 days here, right? Yes. Yes. This is really recent. (laughs) Okay. And I think the the ironic thing about all this, the, the tagline for the commercial was the gift that gives back. Yes. Which I guess, you know, it's not a bad thing. And I was thinking about this, Rob, like, could they, the message wasn't bad. Like, yes, buy your, your, your spouse or your partner an exercise bike for Christmas. Could they have done some things to maybe just like tweak that a little bit to make it less offensive? 
Absolutely. I mean, from from the lessons that we we uh, give every day, right? For for staying with an inbound mindset, like you have to pay attention to the tone of the message and ask for feedback from people of different perspectives, sure. So that you can get you can fine tune your message, right? They maybe may have been able to fine tune it or tweak it to have him say something like, "Hey, I got you the Peloton bike you wanted." or you asked for, yeah, right? right. Uh, or even I got you this and you can use it uh, or you can sell it, right? For 2000, whatever, for 245, whatever the price of the Peloton bike is. I right? think it's like $2,500. It is. It is. It's yeah. Expensive. yeah, absolutely. Um, but they do offer payment plans. So oh, okay. That, that's affordable. For those yeah. of people that are still considering getting a bike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, something like, I'm, I'm clearly not holding you hostage via exercise. Right. Uh, something that, like, states that, right? Or, sure. or maybe a visual that states that. Because um, it did have that kind of 1950s madman kind of feel, right? Sure. Like, yeah, honey, I got you a bike. I expect you to work out on it every year and stay fit. Yeah, no, I mean, the attempt had to be, or, or at least try to mitigate the, the nefarious message of a man waiting, uh, wanting a woman to change. Uh, for him or plopping by plopping an exercise machine in front of her, right? Sure, sure. So it's really just about just being a little tone deaf, I guess, is is what the issue was with this commercial. Yes. So just just wheeling it back because you just said it. What's the lesson in that for marketers in terms of how we approach our our messaging in the coming year? Make sure that you listen or you ask for feedback. Okay. Uh, in order to to fine tune your messaging. From different perspectives. Too, Absolutely, right? different perspectives. Because if I it mean, was a room full of guys that came up with that commercial, yeah. maybe if they had taken time to do a little bit of screening or ask some different groups that might have come up and been like, hey, this is a little sexist. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Which, which it seems to me, maybe a bunch of guys around the room sat there and <laughs> thought it up without <laughs> consulting their wives. A right? bunch of guys on exercise bikes, <laughs> like just talking to each other while they're coming up with yeah. the commercial. Yeah. yeah, I can picture that too. <laughs> Peloton, that's how your corporation uh, works, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, overall, we'll see if they can bounce back. You know, uh, it's still a popular item, an exercise bike item. We'll see how they respond. I know the actress has been on a lot of morning shows mm -hmm. and talking about, I think she actually admitted, too, that she felt it was a little off in terms of messaging. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what their next steps are to try and write the ship. Sure. All right. So that finishes up story number one, probably the most recent we're going to go over. So let's move into our second story, which talks about trolling and how businesses can actually use that to their advantage and get some positive uh, traction, whether it's on social media or just being a part of the cultural conversation. So there was a company that did this really well this year, and it's a name everybody knows, but they may not have heard about it except for our expansive listener base over in Sweden. I'm sure there's got to be a couple, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So can you tell us about what happened to McDonald's? over in the European Union, and how that opened an opportunity for a good old-fashioned smear campaign out of good fun. Sure. Well, in, in February, McDonald's lost, lost its trademark for Big Mac in the European Union. So they couldn't use the term Big Mac anymore? Right. Well, they didn't have it protected. Ah, yes. And I remember reading the background in the story. There's another chain in Europe, I think it was specifically in England, where there was another like regional chain there, and they also had stuff on the menu mm -hmm. that used the term Big Mac. Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of a win for the little guy. Yeah, that yeah. They were able to keep that name open. Sure. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Okay, please continue. So uh, Burger King, 
a Miami-based uh, uh, chain. Is it uh, really? Yes, it is. It, it is. was born here in Miami. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. So uh, across uh, Sweden, they updated their uh, in-restaurant menus to make fun of their competitor losing the name, losing the, the direction on the, on, the, on the Big Mac. Oh, this is good. So, okay. Yeah. So the menus advertise BK items with the names uh, grounded in, in Big Mac comparisons. Mm-hmm. So kind of like the Big Mac, right, is, is what it said. Okay. But juicier and tastier. Uh, or uh, another one they use is the Big Mac-ish, but flame-grilled, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Other options were even more derogatory. They, they use a, uh, the burger Big Mac wished it was. Okay. And anything but a Big Mac ah. on their menu, yeah. So they literally replaced, what, what is it for Burger King? The Whopper? The Whopper, yeah. So instead of saying Whopper on the menu, it would say... Uh, the burger Big Mac wished it was? Yes. Or the description of the Whopper is the burger the Big Mac wished it was. Ah, okay. I I like it. So they just went crazy with using the name on their menu. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. They used it everywhere on their menu to describe the items that they they were selling, right? And to take advantage of the fact that they had lost the the trademark for uh, Big Mac. I love it. Yeah. What a great idea. Usually when we talk about like social media burns or or just, you know, uh, good, you know, Critical, critical, is that the word I want to use? Trolling. Making fun of other bands, trolling, thank you. Yes. It's usually Wendy's that's really good at that. Yes, Wendy's is great at, at trolling, uh, at, especially on their Twitter account. So, right. but, Burger King. Follow them. but Burger King, I mean, they took advantage in a, in a very different way, right? Yeah. Like in house, uh, in person, like in, in the physical space that they, they control. Yeah. Uh, so, they even offered a promotion where the customers could get a Whopper for a penny. If they ordered through the Burger King app from the McDonald's parking lot. <laughs> so you can imagine what, what that map looks like when they're pulled up in, in Geo, uh, on, on a, ge- a geographic map. Yeah. What that looks like, everybody ordering, uh, you know, um, on the, on the Burger King app inside a McDonald's parking lot. And you have to think about that from a McDonald's perspective. If they didn't know at first, like, and they're looking outside in their parking lot, like, wow, we're getting a lot of traffic. I wonder what's going on. But it was all destined for Wendy, uh, for Burger King. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So, yeah, the company's marketing team, the Stockholm-based agency, INGO, they're killing it by using snarky humor to get attention, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a different take. You know, it was very creative. I have to give them credit. Absolutely. Um, so if we can internalize that as marketers, what's the lesson here for us in 2020? It's a fine line between trademark bullying and and good natured fun, right? Search for you got to search for ways to create friendly and friendly competition with the competitors, where you'll gain an audience audience's attention uh, without really coming off coming off as evil or pretentious. Okay, you know, so they, they weren't really like trying to be harmful to them. They were just like, hey, look, we're going to take advantage of this this uh, momentary lapse in, or this lost it and and. Use that to our advantage. That's yeah. true. It wasn't. It wasn't so much critical in the sense that, hey, Big Macs are made from horse hooves or right something <laughs> like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, just, just good natured. Hey, you lost your trademark. We're going to take advantage of that. Yes, absolutely. Good story. I like it. And I should mention this for our listeners. I'll make sure to post um, links in the show notes for yes. each of these stories so you can go and share them with your friends and family over Christmas or uh, whatever holiday celebration that you celebrate. Uh, We are all-inclusive here at Risen. Yes. Pessimist. Speaking of all-inclusive, let's talk about sex. All right. Story number three. 
Sex Still Sells was the title I gave this, and I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what the story was. Hopefully, uh, do parents have to send their kids out of the room for this one? No, no. We're good. No. I think it, it's a... It's it's good. It's okay. good. It's safe. All right. So yeah, everybody can hit moms in the car. Turn it up a little louder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell me about this. Uh, how did a brand in 2019 use sex to help their marketing efforts? Creatively, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, in March, IKEA unveiled uh, an online catalog promoting bedroom layouts of their furniture. Okay. Sounds innocent. Yeah. I mean, pretty innocent, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the catch. It was written and illustrated to look like the cl- uh, classic Kama Sutra text. Oh, and for our um, our Amish listeners out there, can you explain uh, what the Kama Sutra in a in a brief overview is? I didn't include this in our notes, but uh, sure. Uh, why would this be racy? It is well. It is an ancient uh, Indian manual on uh, sexual positions. Ah, okay. Yes. So they they showed positions for bedroom furniture. Yes, positions for bedroom furniture in the same kind of layout. In 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 similar layouts, yes. Like uh, they included the text and the verbiage to make a I guess sexy bedroom. Huh. Not they didn't show any people. They just showed bedroom furniture. Right, right. So what what was the? Can you paint me a picture? Uh, of what the catalog actually looks sure. like? Sure. The catalog included uh, illustrations of 20 bedroom furniture positions, they call them, that showcase room layouts, layout tips, design inspiration, and decor recommendations. So it featured positions including the busy hands for customers, okay. seeking efficient studio space, and the doggy style for pet owners. <laughs> yeah. So they, they designed the whole thing to look like the actual counterpart, the actual Kama Sutra. The room layouts, the yes. room layouts, and they use the language of the of that text. Got it. To emphasize that those were the that was related to the the Kama Sutra books. That is brilliant. Yes. So obviously that would catch people's attention. Absolutely, know, just because everybody, hey, what, what is this? Absolutely. Um, what was what was the angle? Why did they start this campaign? So they had recently announced that they were cutting physical catalog production and uh, in half, which originally had gotten some negative feedback from. <laughs> The fans, right, from their their customers. Yeah. So this campaign aimed to show that the digital alternatives to be worth switching to. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, I love IKEA, and I do like my catalog that I get every year. But yeah, if you can be a little bit more creative and catch my attention with the digital version, then hey, why not? Absolutely, what a great idea. Yeah. So I guess you know taking that into account and, and using I guess a riskier um, approach to marketing. Where's what's the lesson here for us? Sex is a common human experience, and you it can use it can be used tastefully to mm-hmm. grab attention. Sure, uh, and you can uh, using quirky and unexpected offset bad news can can be an excellent strategy to deflect potential negative uh, responses. You don't always have to take yourself too seriously. I guess. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I guess this goes back to number one, though, because with Peloton. They didn't listen to their audience, and they didn't get feedback before releasing it. So, is there a connection here? Should you know using using sex can can be a way to market your product, but you probably want to screen it pretty heavily, right? Sure. And they well, they thought they thought it through uh, a lot. I, yeah. I think they, they saw the big picture in a way to offset that the negative response um, and get a, a better response by using something that. Uh, they understood it would connect them better to to their customers. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it does tie in directly to bedroom furniture. And, yes. And 
I, I think uh, it's creative. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And it, it softened the, the news that people were going to get, weren't going to get a physical yeah. uh, copy of their, their book anymore. Right? Sure. So they needed a way to get people to flock to the, yeah. to the digital version. Yeah. Well done, Ikea. All right, let's move on to story number four. Let's talk about how brands use pop culture to be able to market their products in 2019. So, Game of Thrones. Yes. I know that this is a tough one, especially for fans like me who just really are still hurting from season eight and the ending and uh, the questionable decisions. I'm not going to get into it because I could start a whole other podcast on that. But uh, there was a company that capitalized on the Game of Thrones uh, craze before the crash and burn ending of the series, correct? Sure. Yep. So can you tell us a little bit about that marketing um, campaign? Uh, sure. Um, so back when, when everybody adored Game of Thrones, yeah. so, uh, Oreo released a commercial mirroring the iconic opening credits uh, scene, uh, but cookies replaced the models of castles and fortresses. Oh, so this is this is the beginning where they like, you know, it's on like a like machinery kind of popping up with the castles mm-hmm. and with the bridges and everything. Yeah, and they used Oreos for that? Oreos. Okay. Cookies, yeah, great idea. Uh, so they made the commercial to promote a limited edition Thrones packaging. Hmm. Yeah. And how did that do for them? So the video had over a million views on YouTube at launch, and Oreo also saw the biggest lift in positive discussions or buzz among brands associated with the show. According, according to YouGov. Okay. So they, were, they actually did a study to see how much of an impact they were, how, how much they were fitting into the cultural conversation. Yes. Okay. Now, I wonder if that's selling as well now as compared to, to eight months ago. But After the ending? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I digress. They released it at the right time. <laughs> Maybe they should put a commercial with cookies crumbling. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Oreo CEO, yeah, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast, we want credit for that one. <laughs> okay, so I, that, that is a very creative way to be able to use your product and tie it into uh, you know, a cultural phenomenon because everybody was watching Game of Thrones. People I didn't even think were watching Game of Thrones were watching Game of Thrones. Sure. And everybody knows that iconic music at the beginning of the show. And so if you hear that, you're going to look at, oh, it's Oreos. What is this? So yeah. I like it. Um, can, can you break it down a little bit for us how we could practically use that strategy in 2020? Sure. Uh, I mean, cash in on hot topics of discussion So you and then find a way to insert your brand into the conversation. Sure. That's what Oreo did with that video. Pay attention to those trending topics. Absolutely. See how you can get involved. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, what, would be a, what would be a good trending topic right now. Maybe something about impeachment? Yeah. Impeachment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If I was uh, selling canned peaches... Maybe. Find yeah. a way to work that in. Yeah. Uh, if I sold uh, artificial uh, tan lotion. Yes. <laughs> artificial tan lotion. <laughs> you have any other hot ideas? Oh, uh, man, I can't think of any. Um, uh, no, 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 no. I, don't, I can't think of any. Well, we have to keep our secrets. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we can't give them all away. Yeah. So, okay. So we talked about. Pop culture, let's go to, I believe it's our final story, which is uh, an overall view of using social media. So we talked about this in a previous episode with Nicole, how it's important to use social media. And we talked about how you can more effectively use Instagram by using carousels. Um, This ties into it a little bit. How can brands use social media to drive sales? And there's a good example of this, I think. Yes. Uh, in April, Twix gave fans an entirely new way to enjoy their candy bar. Okay. They released Twix Meltdown. Ooh. 
Yes, a device that lets you combine your coffee and Twix bar by melting it into your coffee. Oh. Leaving just the cookie to eat. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) You're saying to me that Twix came up with a device that lets me safely dip my Twix bar into my coffee every morning? Yes, and melt the chocolate into the coffee. Now, apparently that's a thing. I mean, I I, I like Twix... I like coffee. I've never tried them together. Is that something you've tried before? I have never tried it, but I've I've heard that people enjoy Twix and coffee and melting their chocolate into a coffee. And you know, there's a da- I guess an inherent danger in the burning your hand by dipping the dipping the, the Twix bar there. Yeah, into the coffee. So they came up with packaging that was a clip that you could add to any side of a of a coffee cup to uh-huh. safely dip your your Twix bar into the drink. Okay, so wait, how does this tie back to social media, though? Great product idea. Yeah. And they're capitalizing on, uh, like, a popular trend with their product, but how does that come back to social media? Right. Well, there's only one way to get uh, one of those uh, items. You had to follow the company's Instagram page for instructions. There's the catch. Yes. Yes. So did this help their stats overall? Uh, overall, I believe so. Um, they uh, were able to increase social media engagement and increase their following base by using this uh, as as a strategy. Okay, huh? This is this is very creative. I got to say. Yeah. And if you can only get it by following the social media page, people are going to follow. Once they're in, it's less likely that they're going to unfollow immediately after getting their product. Sure. So now you've got someone in the uh, pipeline, the exposure pipeline. Right. I like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So. I guess bringing it back, what's the lesson here that we could use in terms of using social media? Yeah, I think just like many of the other lessons we've discussed today, it's yeah. listening to your customers. Right? Sure. Always, always, uh, uh, it's a great strategy to have because people were already dipping their Twix in coffee. Yeah. Um, and they knew they could safely develop a product to drive more social media engagement and increase their, their following base by uh, providing it to them. Right. Yeah. And then, getting them to follow them on, on, on social media. And, and just because you release a product doesn't mean you have to release it across all your channels. You can create some exclusivity yes. by just releasing it on social media or, or trying to, you know, I guess use different uh, communication channels to push a product. Sure. Sure. Huh. Uh, you know, in, in this case, I think it was smart to leave it just on, on Instagram because then that channel grew. Right. By the exclusivity that you mentioned. Yes, that makes sense. So, social media. Try and use it in different ways. It doesn't have to be the same thing that you do for your TV commercials or for your videos. Uh, it can be its own advertising arm, I guess. Absolutely. Very good. Absolutely. Now, Rod, I know you wanted to talk about this. We didn't We didn't get in-depth about it, but this is like our bonus topic, I guess you could say. For, sure, sure. For our, for our listeners, maybe we put this up as like a paywall <laughs> to yeah. get the final story. Um, you wanted to talk about how a company had another very creative way to push sales in 2019. And it actually started in 2018, but it's still going in 2019. Oh, yeah. You want to give me the quick overview of that? Yeah. No, uh, Tesla launched the Roadster into space yes, uh, in 2018. Wow. wow. And I think... If I remember correctly, today it's continuing to travel through space. Yeah. And uh, it's near Venus? Was that? No. Yeah. Jupiter? I don't remember exactly where it is, but I thought it was a, a pretty genius idea. And then, like, everything else that they do, you know, adds on to the 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 whole feeling that, you know, Tesla's going beyond uh, 
beyond just Earth, right? They're like yeah. uh, their association with uh, SpaceX, uh, the brand new Cybertruck that just came out that looks like it could be. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I uh, it looks to me it looks like a, a like a, a one of those um, like a rover, you know, like yeah. that you could take into Mars and <laughs> roll around Mars, right? Like, right. Yeah. And they've got uh, Hyperloop, which is like a futuristic concept. Right? Yeah, they, they are the company. And the, the Boring future. Company. The Boring yeah. Company. Yeah, so absolutely. All those, I think, are, are great lessons to take um, that, you know, they're pushing the envelope and they're using, uh, I think, people's dreams uh, to to grow. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd like to go into space one day. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and more than likely, I think, you know, depending on if something happens catastrophically, but... It seems like Tesla or one of their companies is going to be involved in that like next big technological jump, whether it's commercial airlines to space or yep. you know things like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but I, I like the concept. You know, futuristic car set into the into outer space, something we always tie into a futuristic world and, and, and processes. So go Tesla. Yeah, they do a great job marketing their products. Absolutely. And Elon's laughing all the way to the bank with that truck, by the way, because I think they <laughs> have like 150,000 pre-orders. No, no, more. More than, I think they're at like 250,000. Wow. Yeah. I'm like 221,000th person to order, actually. You ordered it? I did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to take me for a ride? Of course, man. As soon as it gets here. All right. Yeah. Reach. Hopefully it gets here in two years, but let's see. Two years. Are you going to shoot it in the space? No. Okay. No. But if, I mean, if they offer me to do it, maybe as a as part of the marketing campaign, I may jump in there. Yeah, <laughs> I may join you. Let's <laughs> All right. Well, that takes us through our six stories that we covered for 2019. I think it was a good year for marketing. Yes, absolutely. I see. You know, more creativity in how we market our products, different channels in how we're marketing our products, and uh, you know, that's really what it comes down to. We have to find new ways to engage audiences and just get into the conversation. So kudos to the six companies that did that in 2019. And it'll be interesting to see how that affects 2020. And uh, Risen, I think, will be paying attention to those things because we always try and stay on the uh, cutting edge of how we can reach customers. Yes, absolutely. Well, Rod, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'll see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> and to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to spend some time with you to round out this new year, or the end of this year, I should say, going into the new year. And remember, we put out new episodes every week. It's always going to be filled with advice that's going to help you grow your business. And remember, if you're looking for a partner that's experienced and friendly and results-driven that can help you with your marketing needs, check out Risen by going to gorisen.com. That's Risen with a Z. You can also follow them on uh, social media to see what they're up to. They're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And you can search for them under the name Risen Inbound. That's one word, Risen Inbound. And just as a favor as we close out this year, folks, if you are a dedicated listener to the show, help us be able to reach new people in 2020 and go on the podcast app of your choice and just give us a star rating and help us be able to you know, up our review count so we can help get in front of new people. But overall, thank you for your support. It's been a great year in 2019, the first year of this podcast, and we hope for many more. Have a good, uh, have a good new year, and uh, 